0: um i i absolutely hate it when people ask me what stage um they cancel that because when i say stage four everyone just freaks out and and then it becomes me trying to comfort them in a way it's like oh no but don't worry it's not it's not it's okay it's under control because and i don't blame them you know it's it's like what they see on 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 tv right when when it's stage four cancer it's like oh my god it's the end of the world but it's not true
1: (laughs) Hi there, listeners. Welcome to Listen to Me Love, where we hear stories behind the mask. This is Kay.
2: And this is Kaz.
1: And today we're going to talk about hashtag battle, as in Ali battle. So we're just going to start something light first. So a quarter of 2021 has passed. How has your life been kept?
2: Um... Honestly, I thought it would be the same as twenty twenty, but honestly, I think I've gotten a bit busier. Yeah, I, I didn't expect that. It just became like tons of work for you. What about you? Uh, for me, what about you, Kesman? <laughs> uh,
1: for me, right? I I'd say I'm trying out new stuff. Like, like I made KFC at home, as in Korean yeah. fried chicken. Korean fried chicken, oh, okay. Oh, 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 okay. Not that KFC. And it was it was awesome. And I pierced my ears today because I wanted to do it. Wow. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, but I was just too nervous. And I'm just listening to random songs, like, on Spotify, like, on Spotify like, and I totally love them. Like. So, talking about songs, right, today our team is, like, battle, like, which instantly reminds me of a song by Jordan Sparks, you know, The Battlefield. Uh, that was a really good song. So, what pops into your brain when we talk about the word battle cat? Uh,
2: for me, I immediately think of soldiers in war.
1: Oh, It's
2: conventional, so but yeah.
1: The simple battle la, the game is battle la,
2: mm-hmm.
1: basically la. <laughs> Alright, so without further ado, we're just going to call in The Voice for today. Hello, The Voice. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm
0: good, I'm good.
1: Awesome. So, I'm just a bit curious, why did you choose hashtag battle for today? Um,
0: well, I'm, today basically I'm going to be talking about my mom's battle with cancer. And how it kind of affected me as a, as a loved one. Yeah.
2: Okay, why do you decide to talk about, um, you know, like your, the experience that your mom had with cancer in this platform particularly? Why do you want to share it with everyone?
0: I guess um, I kind of thought about what I would need at the time when my mom was first diagnosed. Uh, I, I, could, I didn't have anybody that could relate to me. I didn't have anybody that I could really talk to outside of my family that was already suffering. Um, so yeah, as cheesy as this sounds, I, I hope that you know, if someone's going through a similar situation, they can hear this and they can kind of relate in a way so they don't feel like they're alone.
2: Okay. Um. So the voice if you don't mind me asking, how... How did you come to find out about your uh, mom's diagnosis?
0: Okay, so uh, basically everything kind of started in 2019. My mom was previously diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, which meant that she was kind of regularly in pain. Pain wasn't like a very new thing. So uh, one day, she hit her head against something and then there was a bump. As you know, that happens, right? It was swollen but weirdly enough that bomb lasted for a few months and she would always tell me she'd be like hey you know this bump is still here i'm not sure why and i would always tell her you know i think she's get a check that's strange but nobody ever took it seriously and then in december of 2019 uh she started having back pain and this back pain was also something that was like that was something that could have directly caused it because uh she carried my three year old niece and three year olds are pretty heavy, right? So she carried my niece and <laughs> she carried my niece and um you know, it was like concluded that maybe it was like some sort of muscle pain because of that. But it last and you know, muscle pains can last quite a bit. So, um one day, you know, she was talking about the lump on her head again and then my cousin who's a doctor suggested that she get a, um a CT scan. So she went and got a CT scan done. Then they noticed that it was a a tumor, la basically. And then uh, they had to send it for a biopsy. And then it came back, and uh, we found out that she was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. So yeah, that's how it all um, went down. How I personally found out, though, was also quite um, not so pleasant. I, that week, I actually went to Johor to surprise my boyfriend for his birthday. And, um, this is why we were waiting for the results. And, uh, I, I remember it very clearly. It feels like it just happened, actually. But it also kind of feels like a lifetime ago in a great way. But, uh, I remember that just as I was surprising him at his party, um, like, I was actually, like, hugging him. Like, I just saw him. And, uh, my... My phone was vibrating in my pocket, but because you know all his friends were there, I didn't, I didn't look at it. So after about 15 minutes, you know, surprise, surprise. And then I looked at my phone and my sister said, um, call me back, it's urgent. So I went away to the bathroom and then she broke the news to me. Um, cried a bit for about 15 minutes, wiped my tears and went back to the table like nothing happened. And kind of had to be that way until the party was over. <laughs> yeah. That was quite awful. Holy
2: shit. <laughs> yeah.
0: Does your boyfriend know, like, immediately? I... After the... Yeah, so, I, I think it was all a lot to handle. So, I think not kept it to myself for about half an hour. Uh-huh. And then, while I was there, I just couldn't hold it anymore because he noticed that something was up. And he noticed that I was being, like, weirdly quiet. And then, he asked me what's wrong. And then, I told him um, that, Uh, it's stage 4 lung cancer and then he was like oh shit (laughs) do you want to go home then i said no it's fine you know let's just finish up here then we can leave and i can cry like a baby (laughs) yeah
1: but it surely troubled you the whole night right
0: yeah yeah it troubled me for a very long time actually um it it was it was a very surreal feeling because i think what I kept repeating to myself and to my boyfriend and to my sister was that um, this isn't something that happens to us. It feels like something that would happen to someone else. Which I think is a common common feeling that people get when something like this happens. It's like, it feels like surreal. Yeah.
2: So how do you come to, you know, accept that like like you have now because you just said that it was surreal, right? And then how do you actually, you know, make Peace
0: with it in a way? Um well that took a minute, I think. I, I think if I'm being honest, I guess like I'm not even now I I'm not maybe I'm not fully at peace with it. Sometimes it still feels surreal. Sometimes, you know, going to hospitals and knowing exactly where the chemo department is feels very surreal. Um, it feels sometimes it feels like I'm like in a dream, you know, and I'm just walking and like it's it's just very strange. And sometimes it gets very overwhelming. But um, I think when you have no choice but to accept something and move on, you have to. Because like I, I was not in a position where I could kind of lose it. I wasn't in a position where I could just break down and not function. Because my mom needed me, right? So my family needed me and I had to step up.
1: Did you Did you stop everything what you're doing in that moment as in? stop going to school or like stop your work basically how could everything
0: um so at that point in time i was actually on a sem break so oh wait a second well oh actually i wasn't i was actually like in the middle of uni Is like yeah it's the beginning of the semester so i was relatively free at that point and then i think um the whole covid situation happened mm-hmm. so i didn't have classes for a while for about two weeks i didn't have classes uh that's when i was following my parents to the hospitals to see doctors uh things like that so and i'm, I'm very, very 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 blessed to have a very supportive family so they were there they were around to help out a lot so there was no need for me to kind of take a break from studying nothing like that but yeah it's very mentally challenging
2: so so i mean it's when when it came to your studies like um it was still uh intact. Um, but w- was there like any big change around your life when this news was, you know, um announced?
0: What what changed you mean like like this personally how I went about things? Yeah, like um did you have to like um
2: I don't know, did any of your like daily life um like things that you have to do change or anything like that?
0: Oh right. So um I guess because uh, I was having online classes, so this change wasn't so dramatic. I mean, I, there was already the change with the whole online classes situation, but I could have my online class anywhere, right? So, you know, if I needed to be in KL, I'll be in KL with my online class, and then if I need to be in Penang, I could be in Penang. So, generally, um, in that sense, in terms of like classes, that didn't change, but uh, I think just Stuff around the house, you know, I have to take up more work mm-hmm. um, because my mom isn't in a position to do things anymore. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Okay, thanks for sharing that, voice. Um, I have a, <laughs> I mean, I've been asking questions for the past like while, but recently, actually, I attended um a, a kind of a talk from the National Cancer Society in Malaysia, and um they told me something that I was kind of like, like shook about basically they said uh, i mean the speaker said that you know like when someone is diagnosed with cancer there's always people telling you a very what do you call it like tradi- um in a way it's traditional medicine uh sort of oh my god you cannot see me but i'm doing that you know that that thingy up there a uh, traditional medicine that can cure sort of uh cancer so and people will be telling uh, the patients to like, oh, you know, if you drink lemon water and, and you know, the tumour will go away and stuff like that. I just want to ask, like, did your family experience this kind of um, advice from, like, many, many people?
0: Oh my god, where do I even begin with Oh this? wow,
2: it's that common, huh? So, <laughs> the
0: thing is, I, I think a lot of people feel like they're kind of entitled to give you this type of advice and uh they feel like you're doing you they're doing you a favor so it's just so many things like uh, oh you know you should be drinking beetroot uh juice you should be drinking um coconut water you should be eating this vegetable and that vegetable and there's just so many things and i feel like it's just so overwhelming for like both us as a family as well as my mom because you know she's already struggling with just dealing with this and you know just generally even like things like eating becomes difficult and just want to stuff everything down her throat everyone keeps saying this and that and everybody has an opinion you know like in the beginning of um of the whole treatment process when you're trying to find out like you know the best treatment options and which doctor to go to i've had uncles and aunties ask my dad why are you wasting time um and that was not fair for him at all what yeah people have asked him why are you wasting time why aren't you starting the treatment but Uh but it wasn't because like we were just sitting around and just letting the cancer spread more it was you know we had to go through like these steps and this process to kind of find out what is the best solution rather than just simply go for any treatment right and to any doctor. yeah so i guess this whole experience has taught me that A lot of people give you a lot of unsolicited unsolicited advice. Um, And obviously, intentions are good. There never any bad intentions. Nobody does it like, you know, to be mean or anything like that. They don't know any better. Um, But you kind of have to learn to tune that out. And you know, once it gets too much, you also have to kind of put your foot down and tell people to back off. Yeah, it's tough. (laughs)
1: So basically, I do have friends whose relatives were having cancer. Like the way they express themselves is that the ones that taking care of the cancer patients also are, they, they seem tired lah with dealing how people react and other people react. I have a friend whose whose father is having cancer, but then he he may he, he, he cannot tahan lah with the way how people are giving advice to his father la they all like instead of helping his father like they were giving like advice like oh cancer can be prevented at an earlier stage or like you should have taken care of your oh eating habits your diet and everything yeah that's so terrible. yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah so like i think um even for my mom um i i absolutely hate it when people ask me what stage um the cancer that because when i say stage four everyone just freaks out and and then it becomes me trying to comfort them in a way it's like oh no but don't worry it's not it's not it's okay it's under control because and i don't blame them you know it's it's like what they see on 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 tv right when when it's stage four cancer it's like oh my god it's the end of the world but it's not true the stages are just you know how you should go about your treatment Mm -hmm. that's that that it you know, it's not. It's not as big of a deal as it was, as it once was. Of course, it's like you know, it'll be, it'll be great if it was stage one instead of stage four, but it's not, and it's fine. And we're handling it; it's under control, so there's no need for you to give that reaction every time I I say it. You know. And it's so weird
2: how like you have to comfort them.
0: <laughs> yeah. I went like, uh, you know, like once I was in the hospital, and somebody asked, like, uh, you know, what, what cancer and stuff, and then I, I said, like, uh, lung cancer. Then they're like, what stage? And I was like, stage four. Then they're like, oh, why did you detect it so late? And I'm like, wow, I, I wish I could go back in time and undo it, but <laughs> like, you know, that's not possible. So this is not really helping. It, it's difficult because my mom was already diagnosed with arthritis so the pain wasn't something that was new when connected to other things and okay sure if that lump on the head and we had done something earlier it was still it had still already spread to the skull you know so it wouldn't have made much of a difference even if we had gone earlier for the lump on the head so yeah it's just very frustrating when people people say these things as though there's anything i can do about it at this point in time
1: yeah basically a lot of people are still uneducated about this kind of situation you know so for them is what they see on like social media and media's in general uh If they saw on TV, means uh, oh cancer is like the end, you know, or the the last yeah. breath of life or those kind of misconceptions, and and obviously you try to console them. That's one thing, but the way they they could view you is that oh this girl is quite strong in handling this kind of truth and this kind of reality. Yeah, it's you know.
0: very true. Um, I hate to be like this person to bring up quotes and stuff, <laughs> I think when you relate to something, like you kind of hold on to it. So I saw this quote, which I was like, oh my god, is this so true? It um it was, uh, just because I carry it well, doesn't mean it's not heavy. So I feel like a lot of people do think that I'm handling it well. And because I kind of resort to humor yeah. <laughs> to kind of uh, <laughs> handle this whole thing, I make this really shitty, dark jokes about it. But that's the way I cope. And, uh, I feel because of that, people think, like, oh, you know, she's handling it well, she's okay. And I don't blame them for thinking that, you know. But, um, more often than not, when I'm making these jokes, I'm actually, like, really struggling. But sometimes I don't even know how to articulate this to people outside of my family. Lah. Like, I, I talk to my sister a lot, but, uh, otherwise, it's just, you know, I feel like I'm at a point where, they're not there's, not, there's not much that anybody can really tell me anymore. There's not much that they could say, so I can't just keep things to myself otherwise.
2: Um, okay, so we've heard like what not to say to you know, like to loved ones of cancer patients or the cancer patient themselves, but um, if you could like give any kind of suggestion or like advice or, or whatever to people who you know, who wish to support your friend or their loved one who is facing this kind of situation, what what do you think they can do? Other than, you know, I mean, definitely not giving unsolicited advice, but what do you think they can do or what do you think they can say?
0: I feel like there is genuinely not much that can be said. Mm-hmm. Um, But I think it's really important to just show that you're there. You know, like, okay, like, even if i don't want to like talk about it i know that i can like that i know that there are people that i can talk to about it and that itself is comforting so i feel like if anybody wants to like i think my best advice for anybody would be just be there be supportive and for love of god don't be negative about it at all um i i know people who <laughs> It's absolutely awful but like you know when they're talking to my mom and they talk about how oh uh, there was this person um they had cancer oh but they died what that's not necessary <laughs> to mention <laughs> yeah they're like oh you know my friend um you know oh, stage four cancer so lung cancer so but ayya, he didn't make it lah. like what's, what what good is that gonna do Wow, how oh, is that helping anybody it's not helping your friend. It's not helping your mom. Nobody. <laughs> I didn't know there were people like that. Like I thought
2: that, you know, it's just uh, some kind of some TV show. I never knew that in real life there are people who actually face this.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure why they do
1: it. I mean, like, if they don't know what to what to say, they just say stupid things, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's very true. I mean, it's also extremely important to remember that, you know, there are no bad intentions here. Nobody is, like, doing this. Um, on purpose, they just don't know. So yeah, I try to repeatedly tell myself that even though the urge to shoot some people in the head is very, very strong. <laughs>
1: so I'm just curious though, how how has your relationship with your family uh shifted? Is it is it bonding stronger than before? As in you did mention your family is being more supportive right now, you know?
0: Yeah, I think definitely much closer than before um so like my my mom is a typical asian mom like she she i know she loves me but i cannot for the life of me tell you when was the last time she said it (laughs) you know we're not like affectionate in that way we don't have we don't you know none of that my dad is pretty affectionate my dad, you know, gives hugs and, and I love you's and stuff like that. But my mom never. Mm-hmm. Even hugging her is awkward. So I feel like um, it's still a bit weird. Um, <laughs> stuff like this. But I feel like we can be more honest about each other.
2: Tough
0: not... Yeah, and Yeah. But now I feel like we can be a bit more honest about each other. And I can, I can straight up just ask her, like, you know, are you worried? And she can tell me, like, yes. And then I can tell her, you know, there's no need to be stuff like that because i feel like um it's also very important to be as positive as possible because if you're not positive you don't think that they're gonna get better they aren't gonna think that so like my my me my sister and my family have made a point that we would never cry about this in front of my mom because i feel like her knowing that this is causing so much of pain to us i'm sure she knows but i think her it if she saw it it would like really affect her and she's going to feel like you know, a burden which I don't the last thing I want her to feel like so yeah every time she's like oh I'm so I'm troubling, you, troubling you you always have to take me to hospital I'm like what nonsense what do you mean you pushed me out of your you know what cool. <laughs> it's fine
1: I guess if you're if you're far away from your family like like in my case for example okay um, I was in Japan for five years the moment i I have like you know as a as a first born son you you have like the urge to jaga your family to take care of your family and everything, but being away from the family and knowing that they're getting old also, and that I should spend more time with them, you know yeah, I
0: think my dad can relate to
1: that as well it's always a need to like take care of it's either to follow your heart to follow what you we're supposed to do or like what you're aiming to do or you have to come back and take care of your parents and all of this stuff and I do have opportunities to further my studies to go other countries but being away from your family it's like it's it's one hand quite bothersome and the other hand they'll be like the other hand they'll be like uh like don't worry about me just go and do yourself like just just Shine and all, they they'll be giving you like encourage, encouraging words, but somehow you feel like, you know, you're supposed to do something, you know, as a as as a child.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, speaking of that, I feel like uh, that's something that my my dad because there's only me, my sister, and my mom, so I guess it's the whole I'm the man of the house thing. So he always felt like he needed to take care of everybody which is which is not true you know he 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 doesn't need to take care of me and my sister um because we're old enough and uh uh in a turn of events (laughs) in um october he actually met in an accident which was about i think six or seven months after my mom's diagnosis so my dad used to be the one who would take my mom to all her hospital appointments and all her treatments and um me my sister would follow sometimes but my dad was always there and uh this is mainly because my mom needs my dad around like she really depends on him and when he's there she kind of feels that she can just let go and just focus on her treatment you know she doesn't need to worry about the payment and the insurance because she knows my dad's gonna handle that so when this accident happened um he was unable to walk and like uh, until now he still can't drive yet so um because of that i have me and my sister have been the ones taking my mom for her treatments and um you can really see how because my dad's being taken care of by his sister so you can really see how he is also extremely affected by all this because he can't be here and he can't he can't take care of my mom and like me and my sister have to do it and he just feels like really really bad um and because of that um asian parents being asian parents they don't have a, a, a like a proper way to kind of let this out so my sister and i used to kind of uh get scolding for like every tiny thing you know when there's something about my mom that's why i forget to ask the doctor a simple question my dad would go berserk and vice myself in my dad and that's it, I was with my dad for his appointment and uh we forget to ask something my mom would lose it. Because they can't be there for each other. It's my shit. But you know, um that that's how it's been, I
2: guess. It's so it's so interesting how you actually understood that though. Like, um like you knew why they were angry. I feel like that's like really good like reflection on your part and your sister's part honestly. Sometimes that people don't understand the meaning behind all of this, yeah. you
0: know. Thanks. Because <laughs> they noticed that they were getting extremely worked up about it. Um, mm. And uh, we were just sitting down, me and still sitting down and we like, why is this happening? And uh, I guess they just feel like it's a lot to go through. And me and my sister was talking about how they're like, we, me and my sister were like, oh, um, but it's also physical felt S, right? It's not nice like, when there's reason and stuff like that. So I actually expressed this to my dad, and he's kind of stopped. There's a lot of honest communication. Yeah, it still has been very different from previous years. How do you
2: feel when, like, um, how did you and your sister feel when your, um, dad like met with that accident? Because, because I mean, few months, or you said like six, seven months, was it? that's like not actually very long, isn't it? Like from one. One, like, yeah,
0: scenario. so I actually I was in the middle of class and I got a call from my aunt and I thought it was strange right like it's 9am it's why am I getting a call from my aunt and uh, I, I wasn't going to answer it at first because of class but then I thought that you know I, I should because what if it's an emergency and then I picked it up and she was like oh your dad's been in an accident then so I just freaked the fuck out and I was shaking and I was crying and I ran out of the room it was so dramatic <laughs> and you know um i was just like i told my uncle about it then my uncle called my aunt back and asked "No, you know which hospital and stuff and he he uh, went to the hospital and i was just kind of sitting there on the chair and i was just like wow i cannot do this again you know um I was, but this is while waiting for the news so i had no idea if he was okay i had no idea if he was conscious, nothing. yeah, yeah, yeah. so um yeah, but I mean, in the end, he's okay, he's all right, and we got to it somehow. <laughs> That's all that matters. I really wish you could see my
2: face, love, because like I'm like smiling and nodding. I can't see that, I'm so frustrated. Okay, um, okay, so basically, I know that you wanted to join, uh, I mean, to, to speak in this platform because you want to like you want to tell you know you want to try to be that someone who can relate to you know maybe the audience who have this kind of experience before um do you have anything to say to them
0: i guess oh this is tough, really i mean i came on this show for this i don't know i can't think of what to say um i think surely there's, there's not there's not nothing much that i could say that could really make whoever's listening to this feel better but i just hope that like you know that uh this you know good times will come you just you can't you can't lose hope you can't just give up you can't do that because uh you never know right like things will get better you just have to believe that things will get better and it will so yeah um in terms of like, if anybody's having trouble coping, I wish I had better advice, but really, when you have no choice but to cope, you will be able to cope. <laughs> you will somehow figure it out. So, you know, don't lose hope. Uh, don't give up. Yeah, it's tough. It's a tough world we live in, but you know, you'll get through it lah. We'll get better.
1: True la, I mean, i mean there there's no such thing as a guidebook to cope you know you you are going yeah. through it, you know you are for every single with your journey with these kind of things so, all you know you're you're learning along the way of how what what's best for you, what's best yeah. for your family, you know all yeah. of these things
2: everyone's experience is also different, right like um I think that's also why that we can't really give advice in you know, a way to anyone,
0: Yeah. Everyone's experience is extremely different. Even like someone who's parent also has lung cancer, stage 4. It could be extremely different for them because I'm I'm very, very lucky to have the support of my extended family. Not everybody has that. Some people have to, you know, quit school to stay back and take care of them. I'm also very lucky that, you know, we're financially stable so we can afford treatment, good treatment and good doctors and things like that. But, you know, um some people may not be able to afford that as well. So it's very, very different for many people. So there's really no way... I mean, yeah, I guess, you know, you're not going to find someone who can 100% relate with you. But I hope this is close enough.
1: I mean, all you can do is just to share your story, right?
2: Who knows, maybe someone else would um, join the session, I mean, the platform, and also talk about this. Uh, and, and I feel like these kind of things... Um, and also be any kind of battles, you know, like um, it's not necessarily 100% focused on cancer. Um, although that's like the main, main story and that's like the highlight that you're trying to convey. But I think that it's, I mean, hope is, I feel it's important for any kind of battle that anyone's going through. Yeah. So I think there'll be people who will be able to relate to you. So, yes, um, thank you so much um the voice (laughs) for this um episode Uh, it's it's very insightful honestly because um i've never um like per se for me i've never heard from someone directly about this um this kind of experience and it was very insightful and i like like i said i'm i think the whole team is very thankful that with the fact that you're comfortable and you're willing to share this story with everyone so, like, what we always do during our wrap-up is that um, if there's, um, because you're anonymous, right, and um, just, you know, if we were in this, let's say you're in heaven, lah, because I think this kind of place only exists in heaven, there's no judgment, there's no, like, um, bias, you can say anything you want um, to everyone who's listening, what would it be?
0: Um, just anything.
2: Anything you
0: you can say like uh, ducks are good or anything. I think uh, my biggest takeaway is that um cancer fucking sucks. Can I swear?
1: Yes, yes. go ahead, you can just swear.
0: <laughs> All right, yeah, yeah. So my biggest takeaway is that uh, <laughs> cancer fucking sucks, but um it's not a dead sentence. So yeah, it's okay. The media is wrong. That's not how cancer is always gonna be. Don't believe everything you watch on TV.
2: <laughs> yeah, don't,
0: guys. Okay, so is, is that all? Oh, so I feel like um, this is also necessary, but like a big, um, if anybody knows um, anyone who was recently diagnosed and like uh, doesn't know what to do, uh, I've heard that National Cancer Society in Malaysia offers great advice for free. So please feel free to contact them should you need any help. Even counselling, um, even for caregivers, uh, yeah, to reach out to National Cancer Society Malaysia, They do some great stuff.
2: Okay, that's great because I was just about to ask you to give like some shout-outs to any organisations or any uh, initiatives that you wish that might um, relate to, to your story. And so yours is National Cancer Society in Malaysia, NCMS. Yeah, so just search it up and they'll be there. They have they're more active on Facebook if I if I recall. Um, but you can also search their website. So that is all for today. Um thank you so much, uh the voice, and uh thank you so much listeners for the for tuning in this episode. We will see you on the next episode and then um this has been Listen to Mila's Stories Behind the Masks. Bye bye.
1: Bye.
2: Can I say bye? <laughs>